Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. Uh, We are, well, there's a lot to talk about, honestly, Uh, between the game tonight, which because we're on another back-to-back, and between the big win last night that I think people are still a buzz about, if I can use a, a nice, uh, fun word there. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's what what more to focus on, Jim. I and also we have a big mystery guest. It, it's a big day. It's a big day. This certainly is. You know, I think we should probably start with the Bulls game just because you know we're recording this. Uh, a few hours before tip off, we want to get that in there before um, the game starts. Um, unfortunately, there's some negative news. I know we're excited about the pod today, but uh, Zion Williamson has been ruled out of the game against the Bulls. He'll miss his second straight game with uh, the the leg injury that he has. Hopefully, we'll get to see him back maybe by Friday or some point in the near future. But that's that's a negative. But um, it's a bummer. Looking forward to, without him, though, um, the Pelicans trying to follow up on what they did last night against Memphis. Um, They played the Bulls actually exactly a week ago in Chicago, uh, a game where Brandon Ingram was very quiet through the first three quarters and then had 16 points in the fourth quarter and just took over. I think of those 16 points, it was something like 14 of them were in just the last five minutes of the game. So it's kind of a part of a trend recently where the Pelicans have – been a lot better in the fourth quarter and had some they've had put together some really good stats in the in the like I said the last quarter and clutch time when some of these games have gone down to the last few minutes so um, hoping to see more of that but uh, it should be an interesting game against the Bulls they've got DeMar DeRozan is off to a great start this year Uh, Zach they have Zach Levine they actually have a couple guys also out with injury that are pretty key between Lonzo Ball who hasn't played yet this season and Kobe White, who's kind of a six-man scorer off the bench. Neither of those guys are going to play tonight. They're just like Zion. They're also out due to injuries for the game. But uh, should be uh, should be an interesting game. Um, Pelicans are two and one on this homestand, trying to close this out with a couple more wins and, yeah. and finish this off with with a, a really good record. Um, I mean, they're eight and six right now going into Wednesday's game. And uh, they're actually not too far behind a bunch of other teams that are in the standing. So there's a chance over the next few days that they could get a couple more wins and maybe even move up the standings a little bit. Yeah, you know, my wife was actually asking me. She's like on the back-to-back. She's not that versed in basketball, right? But she that's was okay. Like, are the Bulls good? And I was like, I, yeah. They have Zach Levine, and that's right. all he. That's all they need on any given yeah. night. Like you know, yeah. sure the Pelicans have beaten some good teams, and they've lost to some bad teams. So mm-hmm. I don't know how to handicap it, sweetie. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not betting tonight. 
it's good to know that she listens to the show by the yeah, way that you glued to the pod. Yeah. The, well, the Bulls are six and eight, so I mean, kind of a flip of the Pelicans' record. They've had some ups and downs. They've had some really good wins. They beat Boston, which is one of the few teams that have done that. Um, but I think their plan going into the season, or at least during the summer when they were expecting Lonzo Ball or hoping Lonzo Ball would be ready for this for the year was that they would be, you know, maybe one of those teams that could compete for top six in the East and avoid the play in tournament. They finished, I believe sixth exactly last year. Um, but I mean, the way things are going right now, it's going to be really tough for them to, you know, avoid the play in tournament and let alone even get in with how deep the East is. So I'm not really sure what to expect from them. They're one of those teams that's kind of in the middle of the NBA where, on any given night, they could look really good or, right. or struggle. Yeah, I, f- I feel like, uh, like again, Levine always goes all for us. He's Graf's nemesis. He always dreads <laughs> uh, any time that, that we play against the Bulls. Uh, good luck also to uh, Lonzo Ball. You know, hope he gets better soon. I know he's been dealing with that injury forever. Now that that's out of the way, Jim, can you see the atmosphere? Can you see the the lights in the room are a little dimmer? There's a fog machine. We have hmm. a mystery guest today. Wow, this is exciting. I, I'm really looking forward to this. I can't wait to end this this drama, this tension in, yeah. in the room. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to finding out who it is. Yeah, I'm so, sorry to anyone who works at the Pelicans or Saints facility who is listening to this. There was extra security today, uh, a bunch of armored guards and whatnot, certain entrances you couldn't get through, all to protect the identity of our mystery guest. Uh, so we'll find out who that is after this. All right, I think the people are settled. I think they're ready to find out who the mystery guest is. Hey, Joe, how's it going? It's great to be here. Yes, it's good to have you, man. I mean crazy pomp and circumstance uh but uh you know i'm, I'm glad you you're able to to join us I, I think for my appearance it may have been a little over the, the top to have the fog machine and the extra security but but i appreciate the fact that you you definitely left nothing to chance and made sure yeah. that everything was was all set yeah no i did that i don't know who's gonna pay the bill but uh hopefully <laughs> not on us i don't know i don't know how things work around here uh so yeah jim is is our mystery guest uh once again uh, look, here's a little peek behind the podcast curtain. I'm just going to be honest with you people. Sometimes, if you have a kid, they get sick. In fact, it happens all the time. My son is sick right now, and daycare said when I walked in with him this morning, hey, you can't come in here with him. He had a fever yesterday. And it threw everything off. So our guests had uh, all kind of conflicts because of uh, my son being sick and, and timing stuff. So Jim was gracious enough to bless me with his time today and well, his knowledge. Well, really. I, I hope your son feels better, and uh, but I'm very glad to be the uh, the guest, and uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation we're going to have about a spectacular, I thought, evening for the Pelicans. Yeah, if anything, I thought the fog machines, the lights, and all the extra security was worth it, just because that wind felt good, man. It really, it really did. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, in in so many different ways, I thought that not only were there some short-term things that happened that were really positive developments, but just also other things that bode really well with at the top of my list being the 
performance that CJ McCollum had. Yeah. Where he started off the season, he you needed know, that slumping with his shooting. We all know that he's one of the most prolific, efficient scorers in the NBA. I mean, for a guy who takes throughout his career, he's, he takes a lot of threes. He still shoots around 40% from three. I mean, there aren't that many guys in the league that do that. A lot of those guys that are up there in that stratosphere are spot-up shooters. Maybe they take three or four a game. You're, you're Seth Curry's, you're Joe Harris types. But um, to see him end up with 30 points, make seven three-pointers, both of those were season highs. I'm looking forward to seeing how he builds on this. I mean, I, I thought it was kind of a matter of time before he started getting hot from three-point range. And uh, so that that was big. I mean, also, once again, Jose Alvarado played great. Doing Jose things, man. And, and I think the pairing that he and CJ have, where they've played to get, played them together a lot in the fourth quarter recently, has really paid off. Um, the last two games, Pelicans just dominated in the fourth quarter. And I, I noted in one of the things I wrote today that CJ has played all 12 minutes of the last two fourth quarters. Jose would have played all 12 minutes of the last two fourth quarters. However, Mr. Kevin Porter Jr. had something to say about that in the game Saturday. And so Jose ended up 11 seconds shy of playing the entire fourth quarter on Saturday against Houston. But um, it was something that pairing together, that duo was something that, that the players and coach talked about after the game last night, that they're really seeing some good results from that. And uh, Jose on his own, I think, has been a, a great story with how he's played lately. But it'll be fun to see, you know, if they keep going to those guys and those two guys in the fourth quarter. And and uh, Larry Nance also talked about, I'm sure a lot of people saw, he gave a really good breakdown about why those two guys are are a good combination. And uh, yeah, he did. And it's been that's one of the one of the big reasons why they're on a two game winning streak and looking to try to make it three tonight. And, and let's be honest, John Morant, I mean, he he got his uh he got 36 points mm-hmm. and honestly i had called that at the lunch table before the game uh but it was it was nice to see jose on ja making plays and whatnot you know to, to see jose on ja morant you know a guy who was on a two-way last year such a shot of energy into the building every time he hits the floor it feels like and you know you're right that ja morant had got his numbers he put up a big game of 36 points He's he did what he's done against the Pelicans a bunch and pretty much the entire NBA, but from a positive standpoint defensively for New Orleans, I thought he was he was much less effective in the fourth quarter than he had been in the first three quarters. Um, they did a better job of swarming him uh, when he was driving to the to the rim. Dyson Daniels had a great block of, of him on the baseline. That was definitely one of the plays that made the highlight reel. So. Um, he had a couple turnovers, I think, at least one or two in the fourth quarter as well. So he had his way for most of the night, but in the fourth quarter, which has been the Pelicans' bread and butter lately, he was not quite as good, and I think that was a huge reason why they were able to win the fourth quarter and win the game. And I was a bit worried uh, because when the Pelicans came out of the half, uh, in the third quarter it, it looked again like they have in the past few games, like they were they were sleepwalking a bit, mm-hmm. like they had left themselves back in the in the locker room, yeah. uh, and an, another slow start, it seemed, and then they were able to kick it into gear. Um, and again, like you said, that fourth quarter I think was huge, and I think it to be able to close out a game like that maybe hopefully will portend more of that to come. And it's funny the way that the coaches have tried to kind of divvy up the rotation and the minutes 
Jose Alvarado is playing, you know, the vast majority of whatever total minutes he plays are coming in the second and the fourth quarter. Um, the way that the, they've started out in the third quarter where you, you mentioned that they came out sluggishly and didn't look very good, it, it does make you wonder, like, maybe they need to start putting Jose on the court more in the third quarter just to see if he can – because, I mean, he's an instant – Or do you want to keep him as a shot in the arm, you know, right. just kind of waiting off the bench in case you need it? I don't know. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, the, the way the guy's played lately, it's just like – Everybody in the building wants to see him out there for 48 minutes, which yes. I, I know isn't going to happen, and he'd probably need, like, an IV the way he plays if <laughs> if, we, yeah. if they put him out there for 48 minutes every game. Yeah. But, uh, but, 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 yeah, he was fantastic. And, I mean, another guy off the bench besides Jose, Larry Nance, has been so good lately. He's actually upping his scoring even lately, which isn't something that I think the team really looks for him or to do or needs him, him to do. Yeah. Right. And so that's been a, a big boost as well. Um, he had 19 points. Yeah, uh, he had 19. And he talked about how he, I think the term that he used after the game last night, which I thought was funny was he said something like, I'm just doing drills out there. I'm doing like the mic and drill. I'm doing like talking about how easy the other guys make his his job. Right. He's just, and he's right at the doorstep. He's right on the baseline and he's just finding an opening in the defense and somebody's handed it off to him for a dunk. He had a reverse dunk. That was another, again, one of the top highlights of the game last night and he's he's just doing so much even just beyond the stats and the stuff that shows up in the box score with what he's doing defensively he's another player that the coaches are just in a position where it's like you got to get this guy on the court yeah he's also like a coach on the court I mean Mm -hmm. his IQ is great I mean he's just such a great locker room guy and you brought him up a little bit before so and we got to talk about him Dyson Daniels Look, I made fun of all the message board Twitter people being like, where's Dyson Daniels minutes? Where's Dyson? Why why not play Dyson? Coach is messing it up with Dyson. And then Dyson Daniels goes out there and proves them correct, I guess. Because, uh, man, he, he he definitely bought himself some minutes with that performance. Your, your, your message board accent, I'm trying to, like, locate what that accent actually is. But... Yeah, it's like Metairie or West Bank. I can't – some some mix of the two, maybe. But, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I think Larry Nance actually kind of funny. Uh, seemed like he was going on a mini campaign last night after the game for – Dyson, because he was saying, you know, if you play like that, you're going to earn yourself more minutes. I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to see him on the court more often. Um, One of the things I noted this morning, he's only 26th in the NBA among all rookies in total minutes. So a guy that was picked eighth in the draft. Obviously, if you just look at that in a vacuum, you think that this guy would be on the court a lot more. But for most teams, he would. Right. And that that was capital invested. And that's exactly what Larry Nance talked about. He said, you know, it, for the vast majority of the teams in the NBA, he'd be playing regular minutes. I mean, there might be some teams where he would start or be close to a starter, maybe like a sixth or seventh man and somebody that... Out of sheer necessity. Right, huh? and as you watch him play, you're like, yeah, maybe this guy is a starter. Um, we haven't seen enough of him to have like a full, at least from my perspective, I'll speak for myself, I haven't seen enough of him to have a total grasp of like what he's capable of if he was playing 30 minutes a game, say, or 25 minutes a game. But, man, in the time that he's been on the court, how can you not be just encouraged and excited about the potential that he has? I mean, talk about grabbing the ring. It seems like every time he hits the floor, there's something, some crazy trophy he's putting in his case. He got a steal yeah. on Luka. He got mm-hmm. a block on Ja Morant. Mm-hmm. He came off the bench ice cold and got a couple of free throws. You know, like it, it always seems like whatever he does in the few minutes yep. he gets – 
it's clutch. And it's funny too, I'm sure, I can almost guarantee that this has not entered his mind whatsoever, but his two really huge games were the games on TNT, the national TV games that he had against Dallas when they were super shorthanded, and then in the game against Memphis that was also a Turner game. So he, he seems to rise to the occasion as two well. Two dramatic games right. too. Whether it's the whether it's the superstar that he's going against, Luca in the Dallas game, or John Morant in the Memphis game. And with the spotlight of everybody watching, he uh, he has really delivered with a couple great performances. I'm pretty confident as well that the coaching staff is not saying, let's save him for the uh, games on national TV because that's when we know he's yeah, going to yeah, dominate. Keep him in a glass case. <laughs> but, uh, but, and I, I don't think there's too many national TV games coming up, but hopefully uh, for his sake and, and the team, if they're able to figure out a way to get him on the court, I mean, I'm, I'd be happy to see him play play even more than he has been lately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like he, he got himself minutes. He definitely didn't hurt himself. Uh, Jim's actually got a great Twitter poll going on right now. Uh, speaking of that Mavericks game, speaking of this Memphis game, both crazy, down-to-the-wire, fun, fulfilling-in-your-soul games if you're a Pelicans fan. Uh, so what's been Pelicans' best conference victory early in the season and why? Uh, for Western Conference Wednesday, Wednesday, follow Jim at Jim underscore Eichenhofer on Twitter to vote in this. Um, so it's look, got 29.8% for the Mavericks, which is my vote, by the way. I'm still a Mavericks. That that win was huge. Shorthanded against the, the full steam Mavs. Yeah. Uh, October 30th at Clippers, uh, 3.2%. November 4th at Warriors. 3.2%. Again, Warriors seems like a good win because it's the Warriors, just the name. I was trying to throw people off there by putting yeah, that as one, but, of, the, know, they, they one were, of the entries. They were pretty bad. But yeah, yeah. No, November 15th versus the Grizzlies. Again, that, Grizzlies sort of feels like a, it's almost like beating the Falcons a little bit. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think mm-hmm. New Orleans Pelicans fans hate the Falcons like Saints fans do, mm-hmm. but they're in division rivals. One and two, number one, number two draft pick. Yep. Uh, both kind of gritty, you know, smaller uh, markets, smaller market mm-hmm. cities and both up young, up and coming teams, you know, and it, it seems like we kind of we're each other's sort of testing stick. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was something I thought about after the game last night. The Pelicans are three and zero in the Southwest division. It's funny because the league really has reduced the importance of divisions Really, people just look at conferences. But to me, I still feel like there is a little bit of a significance to when the Pelicans play Houston, um, when they play Dallas, and then when they play San Antonio. I mean, some of the fan bases of those teams fluctuates depending on how good they are, and that affects, for example, how many people you see in the arena. We used to see a lot more Rockets fans in Smoothie King Center yeah. going back two, three years than you do now. Yeah. But I still, I still think, though, that um, winning those games is important. You're also talking about teams that – not just the proximity um, on the map that they are to New Orleans, but also just these are the teams that you see the most often. You play all of them four year, four times every season automatically. Um, so it's it was it's been nice to get these these um, few wins that they've had against those teams. In terms of the poll, Joe, I was expecting the Grizzlies to win the poll, but by a much smaller margin than what they're leading by right now over the Dallas game. I agree with you to to an extent that. They don't let you vote in your own polls, but I probably would have voted for Dallas just because of the circumstances of the Pelicans had multiple guys out. It wasn't just Zion was out against in the Dallas game. It was also 
Ingram and her story game. Right. And so, um, I don't know if Dallas took the Pelicans a little bit lightly or they let their guard down when they saw that a lot, multiple guys were out, but, but yeah, that was a, that was a tremendous win. And, um, the other options, I mean, I guess I put four options out there because they give you four options. So what the (laughs) heck? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I thought the Clippers would get a little bit more votes because, you know, that's a good road win. I mean, Kawhi didn't play that game, but nonetheless, that was a quality victory. Yeah. Um. And yeah, Golden State, that was just yeah. that so was there. people who just know a name on a t-shirt. Right. You know, they, they you might get a few votes there. Uh. Yeah. I think yeah, definitely some recency bias because that Grizzlies win was great. Uh. But you know what? I'm I'm not here to to yuck anybody's yum. I was about to talk some smack. You know what? Vote how you want. I'm just saying how I did. And why I did right. We we try to be we try to be nonpartisan on this podcast. Yes, yes. You know, <laughs> as as much as we can be. Uh, the atmosphere, by the way, I gotta say, in the Smoothie King Center. Uh, speaking of that game, was electric, and it would be great if there were more, just more relevance to the conferences. It would be great yeah. for those four games to be something to get up for, mm-hmm. and because they generally do happen naturally in. If you have a football team, generally they're in their your in conference rival. Pelicans fans sort of are, and Grizzlies too. It seems like they do have a natural little friendly rivalry yeah. going right now. I think it's building. I mean, you're right. There's no comparison between this and what the Saints and Falcons have, at least at this point. But I think there's some growing, you know, hatred is too strong of a word, but dislike maybe. They get up for one another, yeah. I feel like. You know, they are they they definitely feel like they want to test one another. Steven Adams wants to go up against Jonas. They have a little you know stake since they mm-hmm. flip-flop teams. Uh, I feel like Ja and Zion always have something to prove against each sure. other. You know, it's just, it's it's a fun matchup. And I think, you know, I probably jumped the gun on this going back a year or two saying, like, this is a rivalry in the NBA. But I do think that as time goes on, especially if the Pelicans continue to win more, I mean, the Grizzlies have established themselves as one of the best teams in the Western Conference based on they were a two-seed last year. Mm -hmm. They're off to a good start as well this year. I think if both teams reach that same level of the the league and specifically the West and the Southwest Division, I think you could see this become one of the better rivalries in a game that everybody wants to tune in constantly for. I mean, the fact that TNT picked this as a game that they put on their network um, shows you something. It just seems like... Memphis, New Orleans is 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 on ESPN or TNT or NBA TV quite a bit. Yeah, and and it seemed like maybe TNT was getting another bummer game with Zion being out. However, on the other side, you had Jaron Jackson making his big return for mm-hmm. the Grizzlies, but it ended up being an exciting, excellent game. Now, Jaron Jackson only scored what seven points. Yeah, he uh, looked rusty. Yeah, he was three or fourteen. Yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. we understand that. B.I. came back. Sure. He, he had some rust to knock off as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, no Zion again tonight. But uh, and just what a – it was one of those wins that just – it's like hot soup on a cold day. It just feels somehow a little warmer, a little better. Yeah, it really does. And I think in the context of the homestand, it was huge to be able to go to 2 and one as we've talked about before, I mean, the, the last part of this homestand is not easy by any means. You got Chicago tonight that we talked about earlier. Um, Boston might be playing the best basketball of any team in the league, and they're coming in Friday. Yeah. And then we have Golden State next Monday to wrap it up. So, I mean, I th- it's very important to get home wins. 
And it felt, like you said, it felt really good to be able to beat Memphis and go up 1-0 in the season series against them. They play them again next week in Tennessee, so I will look forward to that as well. Listen to them on 99.5 WRNO. Graphs calls during those will make you have a heart attack. Uh, Jim, you know what? It was it was great having you on as the mystery guest. I think I'm going to bring all these fog and light machines to the arena tonight so that you can make the same entrance into the media room. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that as well. And I know I'm going to be on the pregame show, so maybe I can be the pregame show with Gus, mystery guest yes. as well. You're like the masked singer just all the time now. <laughs> just You're the mystery guest everywhere you go. I don't want to go overboard with it though, because then it won't be, people will expect it. But yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, whenever I'm needed, I'm I'm there. To well, pinch it. clutch, clutch, man, appreciate it. Woo! Mystery, excitement, revelations on the Pelicans podcast. Uh, Jim, the mystery guest uh, thing was fun. You can take off all your makeup uh, and paint and wig. That was that was amazing, man. <laughs> The glitter will come out of the carpet, I promise. Look, tonight, Pelicans facing the Bulls. Be loud in there. We want that same atmosphere again tonight. We want it every single time they play in the Smoothie King Center. And then again, more home games. You got the Celtics coming in, as you talked about, Jim. Uh, That game might strike fear into the hearts of some. I ain't scared. And then you got the Golden State Warriors coming back. Not sure if they're going to be full strength this time or not. We shall see drama drama uh and in between then we're gonna have another podcast on friday we will have an actual guest who actually exists a for really real guest looking forward to it no no mystery no no drama for that but as you said the i'm looking at some of these games coming up as just more of an opportunity not so much you know like a fearful thing I, i i look forward to friday for the pelicans to be able to show what they can do against Boston and yeah. hopefully just continue to to demonstrate that they're ready to move to a different level in terms of their performance, but also the standings and just the way that they're viewed around the NBA. No, absolutely. These are the measuring sticks that, that they need. So we will see some, some fun stuff, some exciting games to get to. If you haven't been out to a Pels game yet, hurry up and do it. The podcast, as always, is presented by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi. That is Jim Eichenhofer, the mystery man himself. Until then, we'll see you on Friday. Go Pels. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.